0: You're listening to The God Collective Podcast, where culture meets faith. Together, we discuss questions of faith inside entertainment, trends, politics, religion, sports, and more. I'm your host, James Menifee, and it's great to have you here. You can also follow the show on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and X. So don't forget to visit our website at thegodcollective.com for special updates and ways to support fresh content. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the God Collective, everybody, coming to you from our studios in Houston, Texas. I'm your host, James Menifee, and this is our very first episode. So thank you for making this a very, very special one. You know, in the beginning, we thought there's so many excellent Christian podcasters out there. What could we add to this space? What could we offer our listeners to inform and encourage them? And then we had an idea. We thought, what if we had a show that directly addressed the challenges and problems that we all go through as believers? What if we were able to find celebrities, politicians, entertainers, sports figures that were willing to share their struggles and their victories that they have living as people of faith in a secular world? What if we examined how complicated the intersection can be between culture and faith? So here we are, here you are, and you're a huge part of it. So again, thank you so much for joining the show. Now, we're going to do our best to provide a safe space for you to discuss questions on these issues that we all face. So make sure to hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or X, and let us know what topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show. Now, if we use your idea, we'll send you a God Collective t-shirt as our way of saying thank you for joining us at the table. So let's dive right in. Now, as a pastor, I get questions asked by my church family, coworkers, and friends all the time. They're always relevant and usually related to either an important event or some sort of behavior that they wanted to ask me about the Bible. Is this conducive with what the Bible says we should act like? Um, but they're always relative questions. And one question that I ask, especially when it's a year like this year, is should Christians get involved in politics? Now, this is a great question and one worth exploring because it's a timely question. At the time we're streaming this podcast in 2024, we have a presidential election coming up this fall. So before we start, I want us all to take a deep breath. I'll give you a moment. I want to assure you I'm not going to be telling you who to vote for. That's not why we're here. But if we're honest... Some of our blood pressure rates just shot up when I mentioned politics earlier, and understandably so. I often feel the same dread you do when I see the endless negative political commercials when all I want to do is simply enjoy cheering for my football team or watching my favorite shows. Political races today at all levels rarely include respectful discussion and understanding on all sides of an issue. Instead, they're often filled with mudslinging, character assassinations, and social media attacks. The opponents rarely voice respect for one another, but instead they insult one another for having different viewpoints, and they actually encourage us to join in on the behavior. The mentality is a win-at-all-cost mentality, regardless of the fallout that happens once the campaign is over. And sadly, the same candidates that often talk about how divided our country is, they're the same ones leading the way by being divisive in their speech and actions. Now, in America, the sad part of that is that because we live in a representative republic, these divisions are a reflection of us as a people. And they're often magnified by these negative ads and a general distrust of any information that we hear and see. Now, as Christians, we often see ourselves put in an unwinnable position, right? So on one hand, we recognize that there is no perfect candidate. I mean, unless Jesus Christ himself ran for public office, there's not a perfect candidate that will check all boxes when it comes to every single issue that affects us. The scriptures even tell us that all have fallen short of the glory of God. So it's easy to throw up our hands and say, why should I vote at all? Why does it matter? Now, on the other hand, we know that our presence in the world definitely matters, that we can bring God's light and truth in the middle of some very dark places. So here we are, and we're asking ourselves that question, how should we respond? And what should be our place in politics? I'll share my thoughts here in a moment. But first, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor of today's show, Dream Big Travel. Now, whether it's work, parenting, school, or even an upcoming election, it's easy to allow the stresses of life to consume us and drain us. That's where my good friends Tanya and Pradeep come in. Whether it's a cruise, a flight, hotels, or a special tour you're looking forward to, they will help you with all of your travel needs working within any budget. My family personally used them last summer when we were visiting Italy and we definitely weren't disappointed. So I highly recommend Dream Big Travel. So go to dreambigtravel.org. That's dreambigtravel.org and get started planning the vacation that you need today. Okay, so what should we consider when it comes to our response and involvement in politics? Well, first of all, voting is a blessing and privilege of citizenship. So if you're a citizen of a country like the United States, where you have the freedom to speak and vote, we should do so. Look, there's so many countries in the world run by dictators or by governments that lack the resources to function well during an election. And I hear all the time that many people don't want to vote because they're not satisfied with their choices. But in the U.S., we're blessed to not only be able to vote and have a voice, but we can also participate in the local level before the final candidates even hit the national stage. So I would recommend get involved with your parties or organizations at the local level where you can better know candidates and where you can be a part of the nomination process early. Maybe your participation can help weed out lower character candidates or underqualified candidates. In fact, maybe God is leading you to run for a local or national office. Whatever the case, God has you here to be an agent of blessing and change, and voting is an opportunity for you to do that. In Christianity, we know that it's a very others-centered life because it's rooted in God's love. So when you vote, make sure that you also consider others in your decision-making even if it doesn't benefit you personally. It could bless your community, and that is very Christ-like. For example, maybe you don't have children, but you would consider supporting a tutoring initiative in a local school or a grant for a playground in your neighborhood for kids that live there. Those are just a few examples of using your right to vote to bless others. Secondly, being involved in politics reminds ourselves and the world, that we are also citizens of another place. Paul writes to the church in Philippi that we are also citizens of heaven. This means that we carry the rights, privileges, and expectations of God in how we live, and that includes how we vote and engage. Jesus' expectations of us doesn't end when we post on social media or have discussions with others that don't agree with us we are still meant to be Christ-like to reflect God's work in us and his desire to connect with those who don't know him yet. Now, sadly and unfortunately, sometimes we forget that and will join in the nastiness, hatred, division, and name-calling of others that think or behave differently than we do. And this does two things. One, it's toxic to our souls because it puts anger arrogance and division in control of our lives instead of the Holy Spirit. Two, it skews people's view of God and Jesus' followers rather than giving them a clear picture of the kingdom of God that Jesus proclaimed all the time. It's why in Ephesians 4, it says, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. Or in James, where the writer teaches to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to anger. Listening to others and sharing your thoughts respectfully honors God and also the person that you're talking to. And you may learn something that you didn't know before and better understand someone's motives and their life story. So by doing this, you recognize that they, like you, are also made in the image of God And they are valued by God. Jesus died for them too, even if they don't vote like you do. Now, it doesn't mean you have to ever agree with them politically. But like Jesus, you're simply acknowledging that they have a voice, and so do you. Who knows? Maybe through the discussion, it may lead them to look deeper into your thoughts and also into themselves, and they may long for what you have this relationship with God. Now, loving others, even our enemies, isn't optional for a Christian. It's an expectation from Jesus, and that includes the world of politics. Now, remember, Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives, libertarians, all of these are human labels for systems that try to affect change in human ways. They don't have anything to do with your true identity as a child of the kingdom. Don't allow political parties to speak to and for your identity. Instead, you bring your spiritual identity to those political parties and organizations. Defeat the nastiness of politics with the light and love of God. If you see a silly or destructive political argument on social media, instead of jumping in and defending your team's side to win at all costs, put Jesus in the conversation. Remind them that in the kingdom of God, there's no room for prejudice, devaluing human life and injustice. Be an agent of the kingdom and share the hope and peace of Christ in these public forums. Speak to these issues respectfully and clearly from God's perspective. And regardless of what their responses may be, just know that you are being a light that God is totally proud of. Finally, politics gives us the opportunity to remember who's really in charge. One thing I do after every presidential election is read Romans 13, because it puts everything in perspective for me. It says, let everyone submit to the governing authorities— since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So then the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. In other words, whoever is governing, there is a divine purpose for them to be there. Oftentimes it's one that we can't even see. This scripture shows us that it wasn't by accident that they're there or that God fell asleep at the wheel. It also doesn't mean that that leader is a good leader or that I shouldn't speak up and address issues if that particular leader is leading by deceit or injustice. But what it does mean is that God is in charge and we are to respectfully submit to our governing authorities, even if it's the person that we didn't vote for. We are to pray for wisdom and protection for all leaders as they lead, and if they don't know Jesus, we can pray that they would be brought face-to-face with that decision. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if a new president had a spiritual encounter with God while they were serving, and they winded up becoming a Christian? Sounds kind of crazy, but this is no more impossible than someone becoming a Christian anywhere in any other job. So if you don't approve of a particular leader, guess what? That's all the more reason to pray for them. Pray for their leadership. Pray that they would receive wisdom from the Lord. Pray for their health. Now, if you ever think that your vote doesn't matter, consider this. In the 2000 election, George W. Bush defeated Al Gore by only 537 votes. 537 votes. Just think about that. 45% of eligible voters didn't even show up at the polls to vote. How many people was that? 76 million citizens never voted in an election that was only won by less than 600 votes. So don't miss out on your opportunity to serve God and others through your voice at the polls. Continue to pray for all of your current leaders. And as you vote this year, lead with truth and love, not fear. Remember, the universe isn't sustained by whoever lives at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., or even 10 Downing Street in London, England. It is sustained by the living word of God. Trust him this political season and represent Jesus well as you vote. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of the God Collective Podcast with James Menefee. I hope you enjoyed the show. We want to hear your comments and ideas for upcoming episodes, so remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on any new content. And remember, you matter to God you matter to us. Talk with you soon and God bless.